Young, 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 young Thomas. Michael, you know what I was just reading right before we came on the air? It's going to blow your mind. I just saw a statistic that is absolutely mind-boggling. Guess what the daily amount of porn consumption is in America. Daily. On an average basis of American adults, men, and women. Well, you're saying it makes me think it's going to be higher than I thought. I mean, like percentage? Yeah. I'm going to go 38%. 79%. Get out of here. And here's something that's really going to blow your mind. The majority of people looking at porn are from conservative red states. Yeah, I, I, I would have guessed that. Why would you have guessed that? Because I see those other studies where like the highest divorce rate is usually in red states a lot of hypocrites, buddy. Kind of makes you wonder if divorce and pornography are somehow interconnected. I know I've read that, you know, people that are addicted to porn or look at it on a regular basis, they have interrelational problems. They have problems at work. They have problems connecting with people. They have anger issues. It's crazy. You know, this is the truth, Thomas. I'm not going to, I mean, I'm no angel. I've done a lot of goofy things in my life and I'm you know, I like to think of myself as a little bit edgy and all that. I've never watched porn. You never looked at it on the internet? Nope. I've gone to a couple of bachelor parties and they had it, you know, it was kind of embarrassing with a bunch of guys standing around. But I never, I don't know. My philosophy is always, why would I want to watch it? All that would do is get me all excited and everything, you know? And luckily over the years, I've been able to be in relationships that make me weird no but you're clearly the minority yeah it's crazy so i know you wanted to talk about something totally (laughs) different but i was just uh, blown away by that statistic and you know a lot of people have porn addictions you know they say it's kind of like a drug they just can't stop well I never started, buddy. Well, listen, let me tell you this. The University of London, their researchers put together a bunch of new evidence and they come up with, you get this uh, impression of caveman being very, you know, rudimentary and, and not very smart and just basic. But they found out that caveman was more intelligent than they first thought and had a pecking order and a whole caste system. Did you know that, Thomas? I didn't know that. Did the caveman have a porn addiction? No, but you know how they communicated? They had an eye bone. An eye bone? Not an iPhone, but an iBone. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Work with me. You have to explain these sometimes. It is early in the morning, you know. But they had An some, iBone. They drank oh, wine. Boy. Did you know that? How long did they live? They drank wine. They had a simple rule with their wine. Did you know that? If something ate them, like if an animal came to eat them, they served that with red. But if the, <laughs> if the animal ran from them, they served with white. How about uh, that, buddy? You're whack. You know what they loved about being a caveman? Every day was casual Friday. Every day, Every Thomas. Every day. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> and by the way, speaking of which, it is casual Friday. Yep. I'm wearing sweatpants right now, baby. All right. Sweatpants with a yellow stripe down the... You are truly a caveman because every day for you is truly casual Friday. And the caveman had wives that nagged them, just like today. They would say stuff like, hey, look, you got the wheel and you vented the fire. Can you get us some toilet paper, Harry? Come on. (laughs) 
right? Oh, God. <laughs> and then when they did get the wheel, they said, now can we get to the suburbs? Can we move to the suburbs? How'd that work out, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. They didn't have a lot. They didn't have a big life expectancy. I think it was in the 30s. Speaking of life expectancy, how's that for a segue? <laughs> you know, I just read another statistic. Sometimes I just get hung up on reading stats. Right. Because I do drink a fair amount of red wine daily. Right. Anywhere from one to three glasses. Do you know that the French on a daily basis drink one to three glasses of wine every day? Do you know what their average life expectancy is? 75. 82.6 years. Is it really? Yeah. And most French people smoke on top of that. So I got to believe that the red wine is doing something. Wow. You do three glasses a day? I'd say between one and three. Yeah, two and a half, probably. How big are the glasses? Well, I don't fill them all the way full. You know, you get the big Cabernet Bordeaux glasses, but, right. you know, you kind of go like quarter full. Right. I drink two or three of those, right? That equals usually about a half a bottle. Is your wife having one with you, or are you... Uh... She has some just so I'm not drinking alone. <laughs> uh. But I don't get intoxicated. Never, ever, ever. I hate that feeling. Right. Me too. I get a little buzz, but that's about it. That's what Claire told me. You had a little buzz. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what she meant. Tom and Mike. They did a survey and they found out that people, when having to deal with bureaucratic stuff, one of the worst things that people always put at the top of their list is going to the DMV. Have you had that nightmare? The Department of Motor Vehicles? Yes. No. Doesn't bother me. Now, I've had some, you know, trepidation about taking written tests and stuff like that. Right. But... But no, it's mostly the, the long lines and the waiting, and there's a reason for it. Many states have yet to fully integrate modern information systems. A lot of their employees have attitude problems. There's no accounting for their performance. You know, they don't get checked on how they deal with the public and, you know, no out customer feedback they take. So a lot of these states, it's a nightmare, Thomas. It's a real nightmare. How's your experience been at the DMV? I mean, all I remember is having to get a... About every four or five years, I have to get my license, my picture taken. As vain as you are, I would imagine that's stressful for you, right? Having your picture made. Isn't it funny? Certain people take terrible pictures. Like my wife and I always take terrible pictures. What about you and Karen? No, we're totally photogenic. (laughs) No, I, I don't mean that to be vain. Right. Speaking of vain. Right. But I think we take pretty good pictures, actually. Yeah, this DMV story, there's horror stories. And uh, luckily, I don't have to go there. A lot of people think that it's hell going to a DMV. For example, you know that L.A. Customs inspectors recently seized a live shipment of 67 giant snails from some foreign country. Instead of destroying them, you know what they did? 67 giant snails? Yep. Instead of destroying the snails, officials gave them jobs at the DMV, Thomas. (laughs) Hey, you know, what's going to happen when we build that wall? Those snails are going to go right under it. Right. They're going to snail their way through. You're a pretty smart guy. You read a lot of studies. What do you think the biggest passenger plane in the world can carry? Like up to how many people? The biggest one. I'm going to say 300. You are wrong, sir. I'm not that smart. How many? (laughs) You're not going to believe this. 850. Oh, that's that big Airbus, right? It's called the double-decker Airbus 380, and it's mostly flying right now in the United Emirates. It's not catching on. Oh, go figure. <laughs> Can you imagine? I wonder if this thing get off the ground, Thomas, let alone land. Wow. Let's hope that baby doesn't crash. So it's not really taking off. It's well, no, taken I mean, off, but it's not taken off. Well, you know what? It's they're, not catching on, I should right. say. Right. And they're not filling it to capacity. Okay. But, you know, 
Can you imagine this thing, Thomas? How many departure gates can handle 850 people? <laughs> right? How Look, long does that thing have to sit on the tarmac just to load up, right? That's right. It would take six and a half hours to like, fly to Europe, then another three hours to get everybody off the plane, and then two hours to get your luggage. <laughs> yeah, really. Right? You might as well just take that ship over by that and time. right? I don't want to go anywhere where there's 850 people going with me. Do you? No. Are they going to get bigger with the airplanes or smaller, do you think? Probably smaller based on the fact that this isn't really catching up. Yeah. I mean, think about it, Thomas. Do you want to get on a plane with 850 people? No. But I would imagine it would be one hell of a party. I think it'd be safer just to send me over the Atlantic by a catapult than go on a thing with 850. 850 people, Thomas. Slingshot me. Elon Musk. There's oh. your latest invention right there. The transatlantic slingshot. Tom and Mike. You're a dog person, but and Karen is a dog person. But does she ever have any affinity for cats? She doesn't like cats. I don't care for cats. Not that we hate these little creatures because they're wonderful, but we're dog people. You know how that goes. You're either a cat person or a dog person, or you're just an all-round animal person. Did you know Mika Brzezinski from Morning Joe actually has pigs as pets? Yeah, I know. In Manhattan? Are you sure it's Manhattan? I thought they lived in Connecticut. Well, they got a place in Manhattan, but I thought Well, I don't think she brings the pigs into an apartment in Manhattan. No? Okay. Well, Thomas, they did research at the University of Vienna, and they found out their science- to why women like cats. And there's a special bond between women and cats more than men. What is the bond? It's something hereditary. They just, something in their, you know, man does get along with cats, but the interest between women and cats is much more profound. They don't know why it is, but it's just the truth. Have you ever met a, going out with a woman who tells you she was normal four cats ago? <laughs> normal? Yeah. Well, I remember this girl that I used to date a long time ago, obviously before Karen. And she was a cat person and she was kind of a creepy cat person, but she was hot. Ooh. Yeah. And I remember I went over to her house once and, you know, that was the ultimate turnoff. I don't care how hot you are. If you're surrounding yourself with cats crawling all over you, <laughs> all of a sudden, all the sex appeal is out the window. Right. You know, that 33% of married women say their cat is a better listener than their husband. And 67% of cats say that crazy lady won't shut the hell up. <laughs> well, I only once went out, like you said, you went out. I once went out with a girl who had an obsession with cat. And she said, I told her I can't take it anymore. And she says, you mean you're kicking me out? <laughs> All right. You should you end the show right there. That's your best joke of the oh, day. Oh, please. You're simple. Tom and Mike. We should have talked about this at the start of the show when you were talking about the porn thing. But I was reading this article yesterday that talked about how it's so important to clear your browser history. And it's not just because of what you think might be on it, but they say you don't want websites tracking you. You're encouraging bugs while trying to load a different website. Your browser is gets slower. If you logged on your account in something public, like a public computer, People can find out, you know, different things about you. Do you clear your browser from I don't even know how to do it. Do you? Yeah, it's simple. You just go to, for example, like... Uh, well, all the computers are different. Right. Well, know? let's just say you take... I don't know what you... What uh, we don't want to know. I don't really care. I don't have anything to hide. You can look at everything I'm looking at. Really? I'm a Boy Scout. You know what every man's last word is before he dies? Delete my browser history. What was the name of that TV show? Clear History. Remember that? No. That was actually a movie that Larry David was in. It was called Clear History. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. With saw- Leif Schreiber? Yes. 
Ray Donovan. Yep. You still watching that? Oh, I love it. I love it. I love show. it. I love it. I love it. Love that show. It's and dark. It's dark though, man. Moving it to New York City gave us a new energy. Yeah, but Ray Donovan's gotten much darker. Well, the one storyline that I don't get is his brother Bunch. He's out of control. He stole his little girl from the mother. He's robbing things. He's he's beating people up in hospitals to get his... I don't know. Did that make sense to you? You know, I was thinking about you yesterday in reference to Ray Donovan because you were talking about how you're not really a dancer and you've lost your rhythm. You, yep. You've lost your dancing skills and yep. you can't play basketball anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> you know what I pictured? You know the guy that plays the, the father on Ray Donovan? Uh, what's his name? John Voight. Right. Yeah. There are scenes occasionally where he's dancing. This yeah. man has absolutely, but he's an old guy, right? Right. He's in his like, mid-70s, probably. Right. But the point being, yeah, that's what happens when you age. You become John Voight. <laughs> you lose all your rhythm, your basketball, and your good political sense. <laughs> you know, you never hear about John Voight's personal life. He's not married, is he? I just know that his daughter, Angelina Jolie, is absolutely insane, and they have no relationship, and she hates her father. Right. And by the way, is she sort of fallen off the face of the earth? What's going on with her? Well, she's probably raising that, that horde of kids she has. You know, you have a couple of your own and adopt four or five others. That's a full-time job, and I guess she's at least, you know, wants to do it herself. She's not hiring all kinds of nannies and stuff. So and maybe how's that's Brad Pitt involved? <laughs> well, they had that big fight for I just read the other day that they finally resolved their... Uh, you're reading the National Enquirer. No, again. this uh, <laughs> I get on the internet looking for stories for you, and I saw where he, that they finally cleared things up and they worked things out, and you know, but you don't hear about him that I much. I guess they it. totally cleared their browser history. Tom and Mike. Do you know much about our oldest colony that was ever settled in America? Jamestown, 1607. Look at you. What do you need to know, my friend? (laughs) Well, what I didn't know, a University of Maryland researcher has- I did know that too. I know what you're going to say. And this is not new news. No, it's not news, but they kind of talk about- I mean, I didn't know why it happened. Did you know why it happened? The cannibalism? Yes. They basically were starving to death. Right. 500 residents- came there at the beginning of the winter in 1607. And when that winter was over, when spring came, guess how many were left? I don't know. 60. That's it, Thomas. 60 out of 500. Whoa. Whoa, I was right. You know, though, if they made progress at Jamestown, it was the first time a a cannibal used a knife and fork. Did you know that? (laughs) (laughs) And this is actually where the phrase came, put a fork in them, they're done. That's where it came from. I see. You You didn't know that, did you? You know... On the coast of North Carolina, not that far from Jamestown, is an area in coastal North Carolina where they do a play called The Lost Colony. And this is a story of these early settlers that just disappeared. Uh And it's very spooky, but... I don't know what that has to do with... No, that would make maybe that's Maybe that's how they disappeared. They just ate one another. I found a journal from one of the people and it said that the early residents had some reservations of what they did. They thought it was a little controversial, but the guy argued, said, I guess you could describe me as a people person. People who eat people right. are the luckiest and, and they found a recipe for some of those, their early you know, dishes they made. You know what's their favorite? Kidney pie. In case you're having breakfast right <laughs> now, it goes really great with scrambled eggs. Tom and Mike.